welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Welcome back. This is episode number 98, and by comparison to previous weeks, I think it's fair to say we've had a pretty quiet-ish week uh, this week. With the latest news and views and one game to review, let's crack on with this week's show. So first up, as always... So with the Supporters Club. Yep, so three more chips this season left for the Supporters Club. First of all, Tuesday night, Accrington Stanley away. Accrington Stanley, who are they? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so coaches depart at 1pm on Tuesday uh, for a 7.45 kickoff. The costs for that £30 and £27 for concessions. Then our second trip away to Luton on Friday the 14th of April. Good Friday, coaches depart at midday. Uh, and uh, the cost is £20 and £17 for concessions and then the last game of the season will it be our last game in the football league? we hope not but it well could be Blackpool Saturday 6th of May coaches depart at half 10 for a half past 5 kickoff. and again that's £30 and £27 for concessions there's a £3 surcharge to non-members for booking and you can book at the supporters club before any match or on the travel line on 07722 one three five nine seven zero. Now we move on to the Leighton Orient Trust. As always, they're very kind enough to provide us with an update as to what's been going on uh, around the Trust. So thanks for this, Howard. He says, A huge thanks goes to Charlie Granger and Freddie Monker who popped into Forest YMCA in Walthamstow on Thursday to support Waltham Forest Get Active for Mental Wellbeing event. This was a free day-long event of physical activities helping to promote physical health and emotional well-being. Alongside organisers Nelft, uh, which are part of the NHS, sports provider Motivate East delivered a multitude of sports, including football, boxercise, boccia and badminton. The lads enjoyed chatting to the attendees as well as teaming up with some of the participants to play some badminton. So, well done, chaps. Yep. Great news. Yep, so just for the update there, Howard. So, also an announcement to make. So, last week, if you listened to episode 97, we said that we were sorting out some activity for the Leighton Orient Regeneration Fund and we're happy to announce we've now got uh, uh, our first contribution. Yeah, our first contribution. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to do an auction on players, ex-Orient legends, I will say. Let's go with ex-Orient legends. Um, their shirts and Orient memorabilia. So we're very happy. And you might have seen this on this player's Facebook or Instagram pages. We've got a signed Kevin Lisby match-worn some shirt so it's number nine Lisby signed by Super Kev himself we got from his personal collection I believe from his personal collection yep. we got the shirt yesterday uh, we've already had free bids without even putting anything out there so if you'd like to bid uh, bidding will start at £100 because we've already had free bids and current biddings the last bid was £100 so if you'd like to bid give us an email or give us a DM on Twitter uh, and bid for Super Kev's shirt so Every penny of that will go towards the Late Night Regeneration Fund and bidding closes at Thursday, 8pm UK time. So obviously we get a lot of foreign listeners who might be interested, so if you are, feel free to bid. Uh, and bidding will end on Thursday at 8pm. And we hope to announce more, some amazing shirts and some amazing memorabilia coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And if you live abroad, we'll have to work out some way of getting the shirt to you. If you're in the UK, then we'll probably be able to give it to you at a home game or a range postage somehow. So um, very excited by that. We hope to have more uh, in the coming days. We're just waiting on uh, Postman Pat to um, arrive at my house with a few more bits of goodies. But um, we won't name names now, but we have been in touch and quite overwhelmed with the response that we have had. So Yeah, I mean, there's one if it comes off, which is mega... If it happens, but we won't announce it until we're actually holding it in our hands. Yeah, exactly. So, Monday the 6th of yeah, March, the was. week that was, Gavin Massey won the Shoot League 2 Goal of the Month award for February for his goal versus Plymouth, which was a bit of a corker. That's one superb goal, so well done to yeah. Gav. And then following the win over Newport, it was all about Josh Caroma. So Josh Caroma wins the Skybet League 2 Goal of the Weekend for his first goal versus Newport. And so the tweet from Skybet League 2 was defence splitting pass and a nutmeg finish so well done to Josh there who was also named in the official EFL team of the week so a superb effort there and well done to Gavin and Josh absolutely just before 5 o'clock Shona at the Guardian broke news that uh, there were bids from unnamed American listed company the article or part of the article reads as follows it said Leighton Orient have received two bids 
for the club from an unnamed American company with the second coming as recently as last night. So that had been last Sunday night. The East London Guardian series understands the company has met the valuation set by owner Francesco Becchetti, but no response has been forthcoming as of yet. It is claimed that Orient CEO Alessandro Angeleri contacted the publicly listed uh, company last week to sound out if they would be interested in submitting an offer. An initial bid was made but was met with radio silence, was followed by a second on Sunday night. So, so it seems a little bit peculiar, that. To well, me. Alessandro, head out to the company who he knows are interested in Orient, says, probably, we're looking to sell. This is what we want. Make us an offer. Offer comes in of the price Bichetti apparently wants. And then no one replies to the company. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Joe, I'd love to say I'm surprised by that news. Unfortunately... I'm not, no. I agree. We're not. So I agree. There's more on this story uh, throughout the podcast as we'll come on to. Yeah. Also, late Monday evening, Loft announced that the Leighton Orient Regeneration Fund was, was sitting at £58,500 on Monday evening. That was just, I think, four days into it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. massive kudos and well done to everyone who's, who's donated for that. Mm. And quite simply, unbelievable, really. Yeah, incredible. And particularly as there are fans from other clubs that have have also contributed as well. Yeah. Um, so you can do it by the GoFundMe page or go to the Loft homepage and you can... The thing with the GoFundMe thing is, although it's really convenient, there is charges that the club have to, uh, that oh. the Loft will have to pay to withdraw. So people would be better off donating directly into Loft into oh, the Loft bank account. Didn't know that. So, yeah, there's like 8% fees or oh, something wow. that Loft have okay. to pay. So on 60, on 60 grand, you're looking at nearly 500 Adds quid. Up. Yeah, yeah. So... Excuse me, we're going to lose, they're going to lose that amount of money plus more. So, um, yeah, so uh, fantastic effort so far. Um, Tuesday, the 7th of March, then Josh Caroma is named in the Football League paper League Two Team of the Week. So, the accolades keep coming yeah. for that young man. Well done, Josh. Well done, Josh. And on Tuesday, Shona at Guardian again reveals the O's were contacted for a third time on Monday night regarding the potential takeover, but still yet to respond to the unnamed stock listed American company. So, you know, third time, still no response. So, no idea what's going on there. No, it's not even worth racking your brain trying to think because it's probably <laughs> something completely unprofound. So, Loft released a short statement in the evening. It said, We have had this question asked of us. I notice on the company's house website under filing information that the HMRC Gazette notice to wind up LOFC on the 20th of March has been removed and has been replaced by the company's statement. Would it therefore not be correct to assume that HMRC have withdrawn the petition for whatever reason? Maybe the tax has been paid. Yep. And they go on to say, we wanted to quickly pick up on this. There has been a change on the situation with this particular issue, which we can comment more tomorrow. Please don't perceive this as us withholding information or that things are worse or indeed better. We just need to get some additional information and then come back to everyone tomorrow afternoon. On the overall picture, there will be no movement in law overnight, so we're taking the night off. As we're all exhausted, but we will be back tomorrow. So obviously that news got pulses racing, everyone was speculating, maybe it's been paid, maybe it hasn't. People go into overdrive on this sort of stuff, it's just, there's no calm, it's just like, something happens and it's just like a, an, an improvised explosive device, isn't it? Someone treads yeah. on, a, on a landmine or something, it just blows up and all of a sudden everyone goes crazy. And I think once the uh, few people got hold of it, and I think it got kind of, <laughs> blown out of proportions I think the Football League paper picked up on it and said there's a statement coming from Loft and Loft said no it's not really a statement it's just an update and so by the time the update came out everyone was on tenterhooks anyway which leads us on nicely to Wednesday the 8th of March so following a morning of speculation refresh 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 on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and every social media uh, channel out there Loft put out the following update saying Loft has been carrying out its own investigations but is unable to confirm the status of the debt. The situation is a complex and involving one and it may be that the true picture will not emerge until the court hearing on the 20th of March but in the meantime we've been liaising urgently with creditors other than the HMRC to ascertain as accurately as we can the underlying debt situation at Leighton Orient. While we cannot put a figure on it it is apparent that there is a significant level of unpaid bills to various creditors apart from what is owed to HMRC. So the statement is longer than that. We've just taken uh, the first two paragraphs as a kind of summary of what it said. So for mm. me, like you said already, maybe I was naive, but I thought it was going to say, it's been paid. We're still yeah. going to go with the regeneration fund, but don't worry, guys, it's been paid. That's it's what I was expecting. 
<clears throat> yeah, either it has or it hasn't. I was expecting something a bit more substantive, but it is what it is. It's not certainly not a criticism. It's you know they, yeah. they've actually uncovered, unfortunately, uh, more cobwebs well, when you think uh, and more are, skeletons. When you think things are bad. It seems they they can really get are. worse. Yeah, <laughs> they can get worse with every passing day. So yeah, absolutely. So Thursday, the 9th of March. Uh, Callum Kennedy spoke to George Sessions about the goings-on at the club and he said everything is a bit up in the air and we're really not sure what's going to happen. It sounds so cliché to say it and I know it is almost annoying to hear but if you don't know what's going on then you can't worry about it. You can go around in circles trying to second-guess what different people are thinking and you drive yourself mad doing that. So I've had the mentality over the last couple of years of focusing on me and everything I can do on a day-to-day basis. That way, whatever happens, if I know I'm improving and doing all I can, then that's all I can control. I can't control anything else. I'd love to, but I can't. there's no point thinking about it and what will be, will be on that side of things. But with the games coming up and the games we have had, for the fans to still be supporting us is an amazing feeling. I give them massive props for that because it genuinely does help a lot when you are on the pitch and you have the crowd behind you and you can feel people rooting for you. This is another challenge and problems we're and problems are how you perceive them to be. If you want to shell up and blame everybody else and make excuses, then you won't get anywhere, yeah. which very sensible. Yeah, so nice to hear from Callum. Good yeah. to hear. Also on Thursday, big congrats to Matt Porter. Friend of the show. Friend of the show on the last podcast. I'm sure everyone who listens to this one has probably heard the last one, but if you haven't, it was Matt's uh, last uh, public speaking before the birth of his new son, Henry. <laughs> so congrats to Matt and family on the birth of Henry. Yeah, congratulations, guys. And on Friday the 10th of March... Shona from The Guardian reports that an unnamed American company have now made five approaches <laughs> to the club, but they're still yet to respond. The most recent of those was made on Wednesday night. So, I mean, this American company, whoever they are, I think everyone kind of spe- speculates, and there's probably a favourite within that who people think it's going to be, but, you know, it's, they're not being fobbed off lightly. It's five approaches now, big money deal, obviously, that they're talking about. Well, what the hell is Alessandro doing? What the hell is Vito doing? What on earth is Bacchetti doing? What the hell is going on with these people? No idea, buddy. What no is idea. going on? It's no absolutely absurd. I mean, that was the last it's up- disgraceful. That was the last update, and that was Friday morning. And the last bit, well, last approach had been Wednesday night. So now we sit here on Sunday night. So things might have moved on. There might be more approaches without response. They might have responded. I wouldn't bother approaching them anymore if I was that unnamed American company. I really wouldn't. What are you wasting your time for? I guess it depends what the motivation is for that American company and where they see later on in that in that scheme. I think mm. really so. We'll keep you posted on that one. I'm sure Shona will, because she yeah. seems to be the one in the know on that one. Yeah. Also on Friday, the Evening Standard report that the programme for the home game against Grimsby will contain only 16 pages, a reduction of 76% from the usual 68 pages. The programme is designed by Alchemy Creations, and it's understood the money is outstanding to the Bulldog Company for their work. I mean, that's just... Ludicrous, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Alchemy Creations put on their, put out their own statement via Twitter, which reads, We were asked to comment on our position, and we did. We are owed money, but have done a deal with the club to produce a limited edition for the next fixture. We have worked with Orin and LOSCP for several years and have good friends within the club and will continue to help and support wherever we can. We consider ourselves Orient fans and hope the issues at the club are resolved as soon as possible so the staff and fans can once again enjoy the success they richly deserve. I think it's really worth pointing out, in case you weren't aware, because I really wasn't, that it's part of EFL ruling and FA ruling that you have to produce a match day programme. Why? I don't know. I mean, that, I'm not sure. It's probably a record of of what's gone on. But I mean, that's quite critical, really, because say if we didn't get the program printed and you would have got a fine, say if Bichetti would have refused to pay the fine because he doesn't seem like he's paying anything, then you could have been looking at a points deduction. So just by getting that program out, you know, the longer term repercussions of what it could potentially have saved could be massive. Yep. So massive kudos there to Colin and Charlie. Yeah, really well done. For getting that sort of <coughs> that really having, is big. having a relationship uh, with the program printers and just by getting a deal struck. So massive kudos um, to both of them. Yeah. And also on Friday, Adam Rickman of Man vs. Food fame. Uh, you've seen that before, right? Yeah. Great programme. Love it. Basically, this guy's an American competitive or ex-competitive oh, eater. Yeah. Amazing programme. He goes around America to all like restaurants and delis like doing the all-you-can-eat challenges and it's quite a funny programme. Anyway, he donated to the Loft GoFundMe page and he, uh, he set up a lovely tweet um, saying he's, I think he said he's Tottenham to he's a Tottenham fan yeah. but he loves the great game and donated what he could so don't know what that, that figure is don't no idea but 
this is so random that we just had to mention it. Yeah. We, it really is because I didn't even know the guy supported Spurs. Didn't even know he was aware of, well, to him, soccer. Um, least of all would he known about a 91st position mate, football league club. He loves the Orient, mate. He loves the yeah. Orient. Yeah, well, his wiki page, obviously someone's edited it, but he says he loves Spurs and Grimsby yeah. Town. So well, Let's get down to Busy Road for a Busy Burger. Yeah. See, see how we can stomach one of those bad <laughs> well, boys. Well, yeah, he probably won't. Probably won't eat a whole one. Um, so thank you very much, Adam Rickman. You probably don't listen to us, but and this will, will bypass that, but... We wanted to say thank you very much yep. uh, indeed. Saturday, the 11th of March, game day. Um, yep. Early on, though, physio Peter Webb tweeted before uh, the game. He said, my last game at the match room today. Getting some points would be a good way to go out and no injuries. So yeah. good luck, Peter. Thanks for everything you've done. You managed to get Dean Cox and Paul McCallum Massive back kudos, uh, to, to full fitness. Liam Kelly as well that yeah, you've worked with very, very recently. So I'm sure there's others as Whatever well. your reasons for leaving are, thank you for everything you've done for us. It is not. It has not gone unnoticed. Yep. You probably don't get enough credit for, for what you do do. So cheers, buddy. Thanks for everything. Yep, and in the, that led to Grimsby at home yesterday. Big match, I mean goal. Charlie Granger, back four. Judd, Hunt, Parks and Kennedy. Midfield, Moncur, Collins, Alsarte and Samedo. Up front, Karoma and Dolby on the bench. We had Sam Sargent, Mezige, Clark, Oshing, Atangana, Abrahams and Lybird. So that meant the first 11 run changed from the Newport match. But Michael Clark, Nigel Sangana, Liebert came back on the bench. McCallum uh, ruled out with an knee injury. And Sammy Moore as well. Uh, so your views on that, Mr. Yeah, Lee? I mean, no real surprises to me, really. Um, it is it is what it is. Um, for me, I'd like to see Victor Adebayejo. Um, I don't know what's happened to him, whether he's injured or what. It probably is something very simple and straightforward. But yeah, I'd probably like to see him have a little run out. I think you probably see him on the bench on Tuesday. Do you reckon? I would have thought, I would have thought so, but not that I've got any inclination, but... I'd expect so. Uh, my views, yeah, no surprises there. Decent team <coughs> for the same. Sticking with Saturday, yeah. The team from last Saturday was good. So, yeah. Match kicked off uh, with the O's kicking off towards the south stand. Got to say, cracking atmosphere. Both yeah. sets of support was Rocking. making noise. The Grimsby bought a lot. We'll come on to Grimsby fans in a little bit, but yeah. there was a lot of Grimsby. Fans there was a th- there. yeah. South stand was making a huge amount of noise before the game kicked off. Lovely to see. Yeah, it really was, and I think the fact that Grimsby were that vocal, um, but I think that some of the fans in the Orient end were up in their game on it as well I think we yeah, all were yeah. so it, it was really good great atmosphere we yeah. had some fans over from Belgium as well didn't yes, they who they obviously did. were making them uh, a, lot, of a lot more vocal yeah. as well but fair play to them though yeah exactly it, it all makes for a good good atmosphere good game good weather as well for a game of football yeah, was, so yeah. Um, all in all, uh, quite good until we got to the sixth minute because Grimsby <laughs> took the lead following some good build-up play uh, Cross came into the box from the right-hand side Sam Jones was really unchallenged. I mean, we've written that he easily beats Callum Kennedy, but it didn't look like from the replay that I've seen that Callum Kennedy even tried to I to think, make a I play think he for tried, the ball. As I just don't think he gets anything on like on his leap, and and Sam Jones is just was already beaten when the ball's in the box. But it was a good header. Yeah, it was. By Sam Jones. If you're unchallenged, yeah, absolutely is. So it's a terrible start, really. Um, I actually thought the header was going to go wide, but it just clips the Clip inside of the post. post. No chance for Granger, I'd say. If that was us, that would have gone out that would have just pinged back out but when you're down you're down Um, but fair play to the Orient fans who were basically you know we saw that and we started to really sort of be positive and just spur the team back on because there's no point being negative about it they're not going to respond they'll they'll do better when, when we when we support them, and so a decent response. I thought, and in, in the next twenty minutes, you know, we looked good, good movement, good passing. Yeah, uh, without really creating much. Yeah, up front, Dolby, Dolby is getting a bit of a hard time from fans. I think Dolby does quite well. He's a bit of a different forwards to like your Abrahams or your the Bernardos or your Caromas, where it's a bit more physical. Try and drop back and hold the play up, but that means that if he does well when he gets the ball out to the wing. Then the wingers look up or the midfield look up and no one's in the box because Dolby's just held it up. Correct. Um, and I think he gets a lot of criticism from that, even though he's done really well. So that seemed to be what was happening. Yeah. Good teamwork. But then you'd get in the crossing situation where either through Semedo or Azati or Monko or Collins would look up. And because Dolby has worked hard to be part of that build-up, he's not in that centre-forward position. But with McCullum, who doesn't really get involved in the build-up, who's just kind of lingering around doing what he does, he's always around there. So there's a few instances where we got into a good position but there was no final pass mm. because there was no one in the box Yeah, but we were playing alright crowd kept going uh, in the 27th minute Kennedy went down for, for quite a while yes, to have some treatment because he was okay to continue yeah and then from around the 35th minute until about half time Brisbane Road was awash with noise as the South Stand was making an absolute racket and if 
if anybody's interested in seeing what that looks like, go on to our Twitter feed and look at the videos because I did a little bit of filming and it was quite shaky, so I apologise, but I just really wanted to try and capture what the what the vibe was at the time. I, well, I didn't I didn't make the Plymouth game, uh, I think, when we had two men sent off and we lost two. Yeah. I, was in, I was in Scotland. But I will say that 10 minutes was my favourite part of this season at Brisbane Road, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Even though we were 1-0 down, everyone, it was just brilliant. It Everyone was fantastic. Was it was just brilliant. I don't atmosphere. think it's been better since that, to be honest. No. Like that Plymouth, yeah, that yeah. Plymouth there, the players were fighting, McCallum was putting in a shift. It was stupid of um, Thingy to uh, Weir to put in that, that challenge in the first place in that Plymouth game. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that seemed to spur us on and, and spurred the team on. It was, it was, the atmosphere was fantastic. It was so good. We could see the players were working hard. Danny yeah. was, was giving out instructions. The players wanted it and we and I guess as fans we respond to that and we show the team what we think and <laughs> it was brilliant to see and the Grimsby fans were loud. It was really it was just a good a Really good enjoyable. It, it, really it, enjoyable, it, yeah. It was funny, yeah. Three minutes of injury time have played out. Um and then the half time whistle goes, no booing, no jeering. No. It was just you know, yep. right, fine. Yep, so half time went in one nil down. I think you said decent first half, lots of effort and endeavour. But their goalkeeper wasn't really tested. There was a few crosses, but the crosses that we did uh, get in just catches, straight into trading their hands, catches, yeah. And they had one chance, and they took it. And I think since they scored so early on, and that kind of led us to dominate the game. Yeah. Really, for the rest of the first. They didn't really half. offer us much. Charlie wasn't really tested. No, not either. We didn't not test there. A lot of the play was around the middle third of the pitch. Yeah, and I thought Colin. For me, Colin had his best half. I think in an orange shirt. In that he first did half. do very, very well. Fantastic, Samedo yeah. had to be in on his fullback all day long. Yeah. Didn't test him enough. I think he got around the back of him twice easily. But didn't really get at him enough. Yeah, because you couldn't get the ball to him. Karoma looked very confident. There's a few cheeky little touches from Karoma. You could see he was bang, bang yeah. on it. Yeah. Um. I also made a note. So I thought the Grimsby fans were very good. I liked the chance of fish, which made me laugh because I didn't know what they were saying. I had to ask like you and Gray. Yeah. Who I sit with. I also <coughs> appreciated the Wonderwall rendition. Yeah. Of being a, a massive Oasis fan back in the day. Yeah. And I also did enjoy rocking all over the world. As ironic as it was, yeah, and yeah, a great catalogue from the was from the and the other fans. one was it Three Little Birds? Yeah, the Bob Marley song, Bob Three Marley Little Birds. Like great catalogue, great catalogue, great back catalogue there from the Grimsby fans, classic, yeah. classic artists. So uh, maybe that was led show. by the Belgians. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. I and don't know. Also speaking about music at half time, uh, the kids are alright was played over the tunnel by the Who. So very. A very good, uh, good song choice there, and as was a tax man by the Beatles before the match. So there's a couple of others as well. People commented <laughs> on. So well done, Phil Oates, like for uh, for your choice of music, sir. Very like good, it, yeah. very good. So attendance was announced at five thousand two hundred and eighty-eight, with a thousand and eighty-six travelling Groomsby fans. But to me, it really did feel like there was more than four thousand two hundred Orient fans there. Yeah, Just the I noise agree. we were making. South Stand was there wasn't many empty seats in the South Stand West End looked busy North Stand didn't look that busy but with a busy West End busy South Stand East End was quite busy as well yeah. I'm surprised that's so low I, I am as well if that was Barry if Barry Home was still owning this everyone would say oh it's a tax Seven dodge thousand. or something yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway second half kicked off there were no changes for Leighton Orient yep yeah, uh, 50th minute we got a free kick in a decent position Hunt lingering over the ball he took it uh, just over the bar Deb did massive not come through on this one unfortunately yeah shame yep uh, in the 61st minute, Captain Nicky Hunt does brilliantly as he stops Dyson, who looked destined to score. And that was a real last-ditch, desperate I can't remember who block. Dyson done. he done someone easily. <coughs> Excuse me. I think that was... Um, he kind of got it, shimmied it, yeah. and, and done someone. And Hunt, Judd, Hunt was like, you ain't doing that to me, son. Smash. Yeah. Ball smashed away. But had he done Hunt... That, that Dyson, was a goal. That Dyson would have had one over. Yeah. would have had dangle on him. So, uh, 69th minute... Andrew should have made the game over for Grimsby. but he got in uh, down their left-hand side, got in one-on-one. He should have just composed himself. Instead, he smacked it over. We were lucky to get away with that one. We were really lucky. Tristan Abrahams replaced Sam Dolby in the 70th minute. Yeah, I was happy to see Tristan Abrahams come on. I think yeah. Dolby again was tired. Well, I mean, all the kids, you know, for all their endeavour, they do get tired. And I think, we'll come, I think you'll probably end up mentioning it about Danny Webb's lack of subs at some point. If you're not, we'll come on to it later. But, you know, sometimes changes do have to be made. You know me too well. And that was a good start. <laughs> and in the 71st minute, uh, a travesty really. Grimsby made it 2-0 uh, for a Callum Kennedy own goal. Sam Jones got in. Uh, Sam Jones done well, actually. He got in, shot a Granger, who made a fantastic save with his legs. Yeah. He done really well. Still, yeah. still, still that big. Didn't give his man an angle. Done well. Ball ricocheted off Granger onto Kennedy's leg. 
pace on the ball took it uh, over the line and 2-0 and you know when your luck's out your luck's out, out yeah just a massive groan I think Granger was absolutely gutted like kicked the post massively in anger and you're just like oh, you're just going it's just one, it's just that season isn't it it's just that season where everything goes against you could say by the keeper rebounds off Kelly you, you can't legislate for stuff like that it's, it's just a freak situation at 2-0 down game over yeah game over absolutely <laughs> Um, in the 80th minute, we noted a nice little turn from Karoma just outside the box, and but he shot over the bar. Yeah, still looking sharp. And in the 87th minute, uh, Grimsby made it 3-0. Uh, as the ball was chipped in, into the path of Vernon, who hit it first time on the volley. Great finish. Granger, no chance. I thought that was a really good goal, actually. There, the ball that was played into Vernon completely took Hunt out, and he <coughs> smashed it first time. And 3-0, which I think was a bit unreflective of the score. I think 2-0 was probably a fair result. I thought 3-0 made it look a lot a lot less close than what it than was. it was, yeah. I agree. Five minutes of stoppage time are played in the final minute. Callum Kennedy has an effort on the left-hand side that beat the keeper. Unfortunately, didn't beat the uh, post and the full-time whistle goes and we crash to another record-breaking home defeat. <laughs> 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 so, go on, uh, yeah. yeah. So Danny Webb went on to say, after the match, sometimes you have to take a step back to go too forward and that is not a case of us giving up. It's just thinking for the first time in a long while that people can look at our players and say they are their own Today might be a bit bleak in terms of where we are, but tomorrow could be very bright. I haven't given up. Even when we got level with Notts County after the win at Plymouth Hard goal, I was realistic. I knew we were still probably favourites to go down because unfortunately with Orient, you take a step forward and then four or five back in terms of the whole thing. But it is not a case of giving up. Regardless of what supporters think about the club, the vibe towards the team has been extremely supportive. So that's credit to the players for giving those fans something back because this is going to be a very big week in our history and we won't know what is going to happen for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's very, yeah, he sums it up quite well. He Danny. does actually. He does speak really well. He does. Uh, Dulcet Dave tweeted, Danny explained that physio Peter Webb will be moving on after the Doncaster match and is now helping the youth team physio. Yeah, and at George Sessions said after the match another blow for the O's today was that Danny Webb confirmed that Paul McCallum is probably out for around four weeks due to his knee injury so for me I'd rather have no McCallum for four weeks than a heart quarter fit yes, McCallum absolutely. for so that time yeah. as bad as that is let the guy rest let his mm-hmm. ligaments re- reattach to whatever they're supposed to reattach to or whatever happened although I think he said it wasn't even that injury McCallum on last night on Twitter um but let him get fit yeah. and let's get him back for the last five or six games yeah, fully 100% as opposed to a 50 or 60% McCallum. Yeah, I mean, 100% definitely. agree with you. Um, although, just to jump back, it does seem a little bit weird that Peter Webb is now going to be helping the youth team physio. This, I'm sure there's something in that, but it, it's just it's just too odd to be first team physio to then be helping out with youth team. and then See what happens. Yeah, I'm sure that will all come out at some point in the future. But the league table, so that defeat means that we stay in 23rd place uh, in League Two, we've played 36 games now. We've only won nine. We've only drawn five, but we've lost a massive 22 games. Unfortunately, our goal difference took quite a hammer in as well. Yep. As we're now back down to minus 18 with 32 points registered on the board. We're six points from safety with just 10 games left to play. I can't believe there's only 10, 10. games no. left to play. <coughs> Can't come soon enough, if you ask me. Hartlepool are 22nd on 38 points with a minus 14 goal difference. They lost 2-1 away to Notts County, who sort of further secured their position for next season in, in League Two. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But my views from yesterday's yep. game on, are really... I think a lot of people sum this up really as men v boys today. Uh, another game where we huffed and puffed and yeah. we didn't really have an end product. As I said earlier, you know, it, it, most of the game was played in the middle third. Yeah, it was. Charlie right. wasn't tested that much, nor was their goalkeeper. Uh, and as you said earlier, it really doesn't feel like a 3-0 mm. game. Uh, a few weren't at the races today. I think for me... Callum Kennedy looked a bit off. I'm going to say Sam Dolby. Oh, I think that's, um, that's a bit harsh. Which might seem harsh, but the fact that he was coming so deep all the time to hold up meant that, as you said earlier, he wasn't in the box, which is where he should have been. So, yes. for me, I'm going to take issue with Danny Webb and his tactics okay. and not making the changes to, to change the game. I knew he, you were going to say that. He, yeah. should, have, he should have then had um, maybe Karoma on the right, give Semedo a rest have um, Alzate or, or interchange him and Alzate and then bring on a striker to play up well, front with Sam I, One thing I will say is he evidently doesn't fancy Lybird. Evidently doesn't fancy Lybird. That, that is glaringly obvious yeah. because otherwise you wouldn't be starting a 17-year-old yeah, over a 24-year-old. I mean, Lybird's not even getting on the pitch like for most games, not no. even getting on as an appearance of a sub. No. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we're chasing the game and the only change that he made was, was Dolby for Abrahams. Uh, and when you look back at the bench, you could see that uh, throw caution to the wind. Yeah. Bring a couple of the other lads on, change it up a bit. Maybe bring Nigel on yeah. to, to sit in front of the back four to give them a bit more protection at 2-0 Possibly, down. Yeah. Stop them from being exposed so much. When when the the, uh, the left and right, you know, uh, Kennedy and, and uh, Judd weren't being given enough protection, you need to be screaming at your, at your wingers that they need to be protected or Mickey Collins needs to come across and pro- help protect Judd if Coroma's not going to come back and protect yeah. him or Alzate isn't going to come back and, and protect him. Someone needs to help him. He's 17, 18, 18 years old now, uh, Miles Judd. You, you can't just leave him. They're targeting him, as you've rightly pointed out. Yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're targeting our right back again. I, I, I didn't notice that much yesterday, but a few people did mention that again. Yeah. So maybe they did, yeah. So, you know, we've got to adapt mid game, and it does frustrate me that we've got a full bench of players that aren't getting any experience. And when you're 2 0 down, all right, even 3 0 down, just bring them on, let them have a go. Yeah. Look what happened when Freddie Moncur came on and. Um, Stephen Azarte in the last throws of a couple of weeks ago yeah Yeah, maybe but so uh, for me uh, Karoma I think a couple of people have noticed it as well doesn't really work as well up front by comparison to when he's cutting in from the wing but for me, unfortunately, I'm going to put this out there now. For me, it looks like we are all but relegated. Oh, Mr. Levy. Mr. Levy. Really pessimistic, glass half full, but I, I really can't see how we're going to escape. Yeah. Six points, you want you want two wins well, you need at from minimum, ten games at just to be level with Hartlepool. Just to be level. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be more, ultimately, two games at minimum. With two nil wins so that your goal difference backs up to yeah. 14. I mean, I th- yeah, I think you're looking at... And then you've got to hope Hartlepool lose. Yeah, I mean, Hartlepool won't lose 10 out of 10, will they? I don't know. Well, we hope I so. I hope so. We hope so. I mean, we've still got to play them, which is going to be a key game. This is probably going to be another season where, where was it, 2012-13 or 11-12? I can't remember when we were in League One and Wickham went down because they lost in the 94th minute to an Alan Judge goal at Notts County. And we stayed up purely because one team... We're a bit more rubbish than us. And, you know I, what? and I suspect that that might well be... My heart, I pray that this will be my that heart, again My this heart season. will not make it to the 94th minute of Blackpool. My heart will not make it yeah. to the 94th minute of Blackpool. No, one, no one's heart would make it. Everyone would just come bust in the 93rd minute and there'd be no line <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, My views, I thought it was quite unfortunate, actually. Uh, but good, we just had too much uh, over 90 minutes. First half was really good. Apart from their goal, we were comfortable. And I really enjoyed the atmosphere, <laughs> like I've said. You know, best atmosphere I can remember in a while. Um, second half as always like we looked tired could Danny have made the change earlier yeah I think you've already picked up on it did he have Tuesday in mind maybe maybe saving players like Lyburn and Atangana and Clark maybe for Tuesday night maybe he wants to rotate the squad I don't know we'll have to ask Danny or we'll see what Danny does on Tuesday uh, we'll see but yeah he doesn't rate Lyburn maybe Adebayejo on the bench on Tuesday I would expect to see maybe give Dorby a rest because I say he looked very tired uh, but once the second goal went in it was game over uh yeah, young lads, you know, they've all done brilliantly well this season and are making everyone proud. But I do have one criticism of the young lads, and it's happened a few times before, that when the full-time whistle goes, there's three or four of them who slump on the ground and it's like we've lost a cup final or it's like we've already been relegated. And I don't like that. I like the fact we see their passion on the pitch and I like the fact we know they're trying. But as soon as that full-time whistle goes and it happened again, they just crumble on the floor. And I'd, not, I'd like not to see that. I like to see him just come over, give a clap, you know, like not Atangana. He comes over, claps when we lose, tugs the shirt, tugs the badge, and says sorry, like that. But I think sometimes the boy, the boys, are put, the young lads have put in so much effort, mm. they get easily deflated. Like Semedo, I didn't see it. Apparently, Semedo was crying when he walked off the pitch yesterday. There's still ten games left. We're not relegated yet. By all means, when that final whistle goes and we are relegated, everyone will be crying in that ground not just players but supporters everyone but for me to see players crying with 10 games left and on the floor visibly deflated it's like guys don't, you know 10 games left mm. 10 games left that's my only criticism of the young lads I'd be interested to know what everyone else thinks of that let us know or on Outlook or on Outlook.com uh, Am I being harsh to the young lads? Am I being... It was probably just a lack of experience of being in that situation and not knowing really what to do. And they're quite emotive at that age that this is their big chance, really. You don't get to name one other club that's fielded as many youngsters and and, and particularly in a pressure cooker environment where every game matters. Oh, look, mate, there's a few... We're not in mid-table. There's a few players who 
I'm sure are catching people's eyes already. If Miles Judd isn't being courted by a couple of League One clubs and I'll eat my hat already, and Corona after last week's hat trick and being on the FIFA, whatever it is, hot list or whatever, what will be picking up people looking at him. So these play- these young players, you know, whether it's going to be Orient or another club in the near future, the next are going to, are going to do well for themselves. But that's the only thing I, I can... I don't like with these youngsters. Ten games left. Come on, if you lose, let's let's see. You know, sorry. Come on, we'll do the next Let's one. Go, yeah. Okay. You know, we can do it. So, loads of emails, <coughs> loads of tweets after the match. You want to go through the first one? Here? Yeah. So, first one in is from the unofficial podcast chauffeur, yeah. Cliff Weston. Uh, so Cliff messaged us he said well yet another home defeat today our inexperience showed against a solid footballing side in Grimsby and we're now six points from safety with ten games remaining I feel we now have to accept that with the best hope and will in the world and with our inexperienced squad I don't see any way back to saving our league status let me make it clear for one moment here I'm not blaming the players or Danny Webb as they've done us all proud in very difficult circumstances we all know who to blame for where we are on and off the pitch He goes on to say, we now have to look to the future. On the playing side of things, we have some very exciting young players and an ambitious young manager. There is a nucleus of an exciting team that possibly possibly can achieve so much. But, of course, that will mean support from the ownership of the club. That's why we need the winding up order to be resolved in our favour. Then for Bichetti to sell the club and have a new owner installed as quickly as possible who will install stability back into the club on and off the pitch. Without Bichetti as owner, this young side and with everyone working together, including the fans, we can rebuild the club, putting it back to where it belongs and that's in the league and challenging for honours. So, some good points there, Cliff. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for your email, Cliff. We also had an email from Dave Hodgson who said, I cannot recall the time in all the years following the O's that I have felt so frustrated Angry and sad as having to witness the young lads leaving the field after yesterday's match. After the takeover, you just could not imagine how the new regime could ruin the club in such spectacular fashion in such a short amount of time. With the second relegation of three seasons looking ever more likely, I look forward to our deluded owner being successful in selling to someone he sees as suitable to run a football club. Spot the ill-concealed irony here? The silence from the club over the current state of affairs is staggering and I would like to thank you again on behalf of all diehard O's fans for being a reliable source of information during this extremely worrying period. Thank you, Dave. I didn't read the end of that podcast. Sorry, the end of that email. That was a, that was a nice yeah, thing. Yeah, cheers. Thank podcast. you very much. What I will say is, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be typical Orient, though, to go and lose to Accrington on Tuesday to get everyone being like, oh, we're going and down. Go and beat Doncaster. And going to beat Doncaster. See it a mile off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> At Nino Barone 27. Had enough of staying, we'll stay up. Of saying we'll stay up, we might just manage it, but we're absolutely dire and we're only going one way, look, and that's down. Look, if we stay up this year, next season will be fine, I think. At Wadsey, he said, Blimey, this is heartbreaking. Clapping off the devastated players with tears in my eyes. What is going to become of us? At Pertron, only chance we've got is Hartlepool implode and we build momentum. Play 11 kids, can't be worse than the three senior players. Yeah. Alan McLawan said, Newport have won as well. We just can't seem to carry our form on to the next game. Everything is going against us. So Newport sacked Wesley. Yeah, they were one down at half time and they they scored a last minute goal and won the game 2 1. So down there, six points. Like? They're six points behind us again. I yeah. think Newport are gone though. I think they're gone. They probably are, but you know you don't want to be 90 seconds no, out of 90 no, seconds, do, do you? At um, Highbury stand, that was shocking to be fair, but Massey and Kelly to come back. Six points adrift, but you never know. Great point though, actually, from Highbury stand. Massey is back on Tuesday. And uh, Kelly's back Saturday. for Doncaster Saturday. And Kelly had a massive impact when he came back. Yes, before, he did. Before he went over and pushed over that bloody ball boy. Yeah. Uh, Joe Jessen to 16 says, Corona was completely wasted century. He was left there all game. Our right back successfully targeted by another okay. team getting boring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or an electric. It's starting to get too upsetting to watch this week in, week out. Uh, Daniels 9119 says the younger lads can hold their heads up, played well, but we just haven't got the luck on our side. At uh, Dear Stuart, it's not just a case of being good enough, but thanks to a man that has ripped our team and club apart. Yeah, at uh, Sam Harborn 1 says the youngsters try as normal, but we do need Paul McCallum back to put the ball in the net. At Clayton Orient, why when we're losing does Danny Webb make no substitutions to try and change it? Are his hands also tied on what he can do? Good point, good point. At Tommy Atkinson, six, as it almost takes the shine of last week. We need now five wins as a minimum, and sadly I fear they will be out of reach. At M0PHO, a good first half, and then we tailed off. We lack experience, can't fault the effort, but we did get caught out a few times. Talking to one of the photographers at half-time, apparently Simon, the club photographer, hasn't been paid wow. since October. 
unbelievable. That is unbelievable. And Barry Mittelman says, we win at Newport, was marked by the breakaway goals we scored. Our pace works well on the road and Grimsby defended deep, limiting our space to create. That's a very good, good point, spot, actually. Good spot, Barry. Yeah. Good spot. At Simon Bedford, had a go first half, but once Grimsby woke up, it really was men against boys. No luck either, and the referee was shocking. That's a really good point. Yeah. He was probably one of the better referees I think that we've had. he was one of the better ones. Still not great, but in comparison to what we've seen. So, at 67, Sammy says, we kept fighting, kept their heads up. So good on them, but heartbreaking to see these lads come off so upset. At Neil underscore Watson 37, got to feel for those young players out there today. This could kill careers, and it's all down to one man. Yeah, at Pank P007 says, lots of possession, Lots of effort, but no real penetration. Generally touched to see them at the full-time whistle. I mean, maybe I am being a bit of a Scrooge here. Everyone else seems to you know, be loving the emotion that it's shown. I just think it's sometimes a bit too much. Okay. Uh, Len M4. I would have been angry at the performance, but after seeing their reaction at full-time, it changed my opinion. They clearly are trying, but the lack of experience is showing. I'm angry at the fact they've been thrown into this situation. Yeah, great point. I think someone, I can't remember who it was, put up a up the back end of the programme for the first home game of the season and like the squad listing was so different yeah it was, and you're looking at it going how on earth has this happened like Cox Simpson uh, Sean Clahessy like all yeah. these names and you go the turnover has been immense yeah uh, El Coado says too much to ask kids to play consistently week in and week out at this stage of their development the seniors should do better though yeah at Jack Arena can't fault the effort can't fault the lads' effort, but if you don't test the keeper, you won't score. Let's hope heads don't drop onto the next game. Yeah, CM Oriental says, I have to say how proud I was of the youngsters today. The future is so bright with them, and I'm so, so proud of them. And Good tweet. Brilliant tweet, that one. I really Good like tweet. that one. Only one team tweeted us, and it said, Result was harsh. We lost our way in the second... Uh, our uh, sorry, we lost our way in the second half. Kids put in a shift. Some of our movement was very good, but we lacked that cutting edge, which I think is that's another a fair good comment. Some great tweets this week. At uh, D David uses Danny Omer, grown ups, kids, Lindsay, the office, Howard, Loft, everyone. Proud of you all. This club won't die. Hashtag the future, and that would have made the uh, final word, but I'd already but put it in. <laughs> the authentic Gaz tweeted us, and he does get the final word this week. It says. There's some kids in that team with great futures ahead of them. I truly hope this experience doesn't break them. The fat lady is definitely warming up for a warble, ain't she? Yeah, so thank you for all the tweets. Apologies if we've not Good mentioned tweet, yours, man. but great week for tweets. So prediction league update, no correct predictions. So lots of people did predict 3-0, but to Orient, we didn't have a 3-0 for Grimsby. We had a lot of 3-1 for Grimsby. I thought no we would win. I so. thought we, I had a real gut feeling that we'd win. Mate, I had that every week. I'm learning to kind of just resist the urge. So uh, that means the table is still as last week. So O's fan basing leads on 18 points. And Nino Bruin 27s on second <coughs> and 15 points. MP Allen 222s on third and 14 points. And Joe underscore Pavitt at Leighton Ori at Strop underscore O. And at Leon Oresti on 13 points will make it up the Champions League places. Yeah, it's on our Facebook page if you want to yeah. see where you are in that league. Fancy football update though, it's a short week this week. Elliot Hartfree Pierce though still leads on 1,569 yeah. points. There's 15 points ahead of Barry Underwood and you've moved up two places for getting to change your captain and your vice captain didn't play. Rubbish week for me, but I've gone up two places, so still hopeful, still hopeful. Also, Saturday night, congratulations to Jay Simpson who almost broke our iTunes account following his interview. Uh, <laughs> he did break it. He did break it uh, as he scored his first goal, I think in only his second match for Philadelphia Union, just 10 minutes into his home debut, scored a brave header which trickled over the line. Done his old eye celebration. Um, so well done. Unfortunately, he went off injured after 28 minutes. So well done, Jay. Wish you very well. Good friend of the show. Lovely man. And just to note, if anybody is interested, the Union drew two all with Toronto scoring a oh. goal, I think, in the 90th minute or oh, something. Oh, was it in the end? It finished two all. Yeah. So Sunday, the 12th of March. Today. Uh, today, yeah. as it is. Yeah. The ladies' team beat Fulham away 5 0 with two goals. From Sophie Lamarchant, two for Atnastir and one for Ellie. So well done to the Orient ladies. Yeah, well done, ladies. Loud and proud. So that brings us on to the positives and negatives of the week. So we've ba- we've managed to balance it out. So we've got positives again. Uh, I'm going to clap the positives again. I like that last week. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> so first positive is the fan unity over the week. All fans sticking together in these tough times. Also, Tuesday night, the return of the Mac, Gavin Massey. Man like, like the Gav. Mac, the man like Gav. Man like <laughs> yeah. Gav. And on Saturday, return of the ball boy pusher. <laughs> Lucky to be alive, that ball boy. Liam Kelly returns next Saturday. 
So those are our three positives. Yep. Um, negatives, uh, heavy loss for us. Obviously, yeah. it's killed our goal difference, which we worked so Good hard to, to win again, to get back against Notts County. Uh, another negative, obviously, that Newport won and Notts County won, so further sort of putting pressure on us. And, you know, it will stay in there until he's back in the team, <laughs> yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And it's Alex Chizak not, yeah. being, not being even named on the bench. Don't know what's happened there. Danny says it's his decision. Jury's out for me. Um, let's not keep going on about it, but Alex Giuseppe will stay on the negative yeah. list for the fact of the situation, not for him personally. So hero of the week, uh, as we always do, we've taken a bit of a different stance on this one, and well done to you, uh, Mr Paul, for coming up with this one. So we're going to give hero of the week mate. for the first time in our two and a half year uh, podcast history. goes to... Loft. Yes, well done. So Loft. well done to the boys and girls at Loft. Great, Great organisational skills. Uh, really sort of... Um, really being that that beacon uh, to show people yeah. the way forward so congratulations to Doug the chair Tom Jonathan Matt yeah, Adam Michelson yeah. uh, Anna Dave Knight everybody that's involved uh, with that the collections organising the collections I think Joe um, Sunshine Tours done uh, yeah, was did, involved right. with yes, that yes, yes. Um, going into the technical I think there was a bit of a misunderstanding at the technical but they accepted, but they accepted them yes, in yeah. so late and technical well thank you very much for, for your support it is appreciated and just everybody that carried a bucket anybody that donated yeah. uh, to, uh, to in support of that so thank you very much and yeah that's that's kind of it for this week really we're just going to do a quick round up and then we're done one of yeah. the one of the uh, shorter uh, episodes that we've done in the last few few yeah, weeks as it stands so next week's fixtures two big fixtures this week we go to Accrington on Tuesday night in a big six pointer so Accrington beat Exeter 2-0 away on Saturday moved up to 18th so they have 41 points so that will not be an easy game then after that we entertain Doncaster Rovers at home on Saturday walking back Matthew Baudry and ex-Loney John Marquis who only scored one goal for the O's but has since been prolific at Doncaster Rovers and can't stop scoring it's amazing what happens when you play a striker up front isn't it yeah. service him. so Doncaster top of the amazing. league I mean that's going to be one where no one expects points from which is why I think we'll end up ironically winning um, so Doncaster beat Cheltenham 2-1 on Saturday and you know personally I'd like to see Matthew get a, a good reception back he deserves I'm sure it. he will I hope he does He's, yeah. he, when he was at the O's he split fans and obviously shameless plug you can find his interview with the Orient Outlook on our back catalogue so so get ready for his return and give yourselves a listen to that yeah also on Monday night uh, which is going to be the 13th tomorrow uh, of March Uh, but if you're listening to this on Tuesday it happened last night Uh, there is a loft meeting and that's going to be at Walthamstow Assembly Hall uh, in the Town Hall on Forest Road it's that massive building on Forest Road you really can't miss it the postcode for that is E174J for Juliet F for Foxtrot the meeting starts sharply at half past seven I'm assuming that that is going to be quite a big room but still turn up early just to make sure you get in and get get close enough to the action you don't have to be a Loft member this is for all Leighton Orient fans not just Loft members so you can just turn up if you can't make the meeting don't worry because it's going to be live streamed by uh, Elliot Byrne on Facebook on the Loft Facebook page shown up from the Guardian will be there live blogging and you're going to be there live yes, tweeting I'll be there live again. tweeting last so, time, yeah. so okay. keep an eye on our Twitter account and in on yeah. Monday the 20th of March it's off to the High Court we go where late in night's future will be decided so you know, as it stands nobody has any clue what's going to happen on that day you know first will FB even turn up will he pay the bill and if he doesn't can Loft successfully put the club into administration as voted for at the last Loft AGM meeting will the club be liquidated who knows, who knows? I mean it's you know it's a huge it's seven week days away. It's, it's a massive week it's a huge um, week so that's two games a yeah. uh, liquidation winding up order it, it's it's this is real serious stuff guys this isn't this isn't you know oh don't worry about it kind of stuff this is genuinely serious that, that we yeah. might not even be able to fulfill if we get liquidated that's it we're done good night god bless close turn the lights off people lose their jobs I mean we that, don't have a I, mean, I mean liquidation is the worst possible possible scenario and we hope and pray it doesn't come to that but you know it the lack it of communication be. from the management of this club, Vito Alessandro Bicchetti, is an absolute disgrace. It's 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 <laughs> angering. It's absolutely angering. It's disgusting. Well, before Paul goes on anymore, let's uh, let's, let's end at this evening's podcast. So, so thanks it. for joining us. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for joining us for episode number ninety-eight. Another crazy week off the pitch for the Ozers. Uh, Francesco Bicchetti is still nowhere to be seen in E10 amid reports that American company wants to buy the club. Report that it's not just the. HMRC that the club owe money to 
Loft have been doing some fantastic work as the regeneration fund goes from strength to strength and there will be an update on the amount raised in Monday's meeting. On the pitch, we struggle as we couldn't follow up last week's amazing win at Newport as we slipped to a 3-0 defeat at home to Grimsby. If you're going to Accrington on Tuesday, have a very safe journey. If you're going to the Loft meeting or the Doncaster game, we will see you there. So please, let's be the 12th man, support the team, give the boys our full support, whatever happens so just to finish then we'll be back with episode 99 so date for diaries we're back with episode 99 on tuesday the 21st of march we're gonna see what happens in court on monday the 20th of march there's no point in doing the podcast next sunday night if something events on the monday yeah transpire to work against us so in theory this could be the last ever orient outlook podcast where there is a late audience so there will definitely be one more as a minimum you know but this is worst case scenario and I'm sure this won't happen um, but episode 99 is going to be huge there'll be two matches to cover we're covering the loft meeting and the events from Monday 20th of March so set aside a long a long time from 10pm on Tuesday the uh, 20, we're finished 21st recording of March yeah. Yeah, or, just... or take the morning off work on the Wednesday to catch up it's going to be huge <laughs> additionally we've had a few tweets and DMs and emails about episode 100 uh, that will be out on Monday the 27th of March and as it stands we aren't going to plan to, we're not going to do anything big for episode 100 doesn't feel yeah. like the right time to be doing it um, so we are looking to do something big to celebrate at 100 Depending episode what happens at, at the, the end of the season, of the season. Yeah. you know if we get relegated maybe not or maybe we can do something when the club is sold as a massive celebration party but we'll be looking to do something so that's it you know have a great week everyone oh yeah, so no, do have a great week. We, we, we've chosen this particular song to play you out with this week. Unfortunately, it's not rocking all over the world. Um, but um, yeah, we've chosen this specific song from um, the late George Michael. Yep, so we, we hope you like it. Yeah, so we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Have a great week. Have a great week. Stay safe. Up the O's. Up the O's. Oh, yes, I gotta have fun.